Well, again, wh- whatever it is, it is. Uh, I can't control that. So looks like the field will be wet. If it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, you know, if it's hot, it's hot. If it's not, then. Minus three. With Dave Damashek. Mr. Charisma is back. Just one of the many storylines that we have to get into as pro football draws ever closer. As a matter of fact, at the time of this recording, we're a mere minutes away from the first football game-ish. Not a real football game. Civil War reenactors wearing Steelers and Cowboys uniforms. But beggars can't be choosers. We've been walking out in the desert without football for way too many months here. I'm glad it's back. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Team USA going on to the gold medal finals now in the Olympics. Let's talk about all of us, all of it with our pals, Kevin Hench and Eddie Spaghetti. Hench, how are you? You're looking no worse for the wear after a rugged weekend in Las Vegas. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I haven't. I haven't been drinking that much in the last 15 months. I know a lot of people went the other way, uh, but uh, I, uh, I I tied one on, tied two on back to back, and uh, I am not fit for drinking. I am mm. like, you know, uh, and I'm already hobbled, obviously, by the knee surgery, so I was extra staggery in Vegas. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had this. I mean, everyone's had this happen, of course, in the last 15 months, year and a half, but I, uh, so last night I had that two 30 in the morning flop sweat. Oh boy. Dinner's not agreeing with me. And you do that thing where you're like, am I, am I going to throw up? Like, is this, where does this end? I'm fucking wide awake. I'm sweating. My stomach hurts. I'm going back through all the food I ate. And then like going like, oh my God, when, when was that chili purchased in the fridge? And so you do a half hour of flop sweating to the proposition of, I hope it's diarrhea. Like that's all, like that's the win is I hope it goes Ooh. south. Ooh. That would be great if this went south. You've instead, reached a dark place in, when, uh, when, that's, your, when like, that's your greatest I wish. I hate throwing up. Like that's my, le- that's the last thing I would root for, even though you feel great immediately upon it happening. Mm-hmm. So then you do a half hour of like, where's this going to go? Am I, is this just indigestion? What is going on? And then, of course, then it occurs to you, oh, I got the Delta variant in Vegas. That's what's going on here. What, who am I kidding? <laughs> like, I've, I've got full-blown COVID from the Delta variant because I was in Vegas this weekend. Then you have to do a half hour of trying to remember the symptoms. I'm smelling my armpit. No, I, I can still smell. I still smell terrible. Okay. Okay. I'm not, it's not COVID, but like <laughs> the idea that anytime in the last 15 months, you felt the least bit shitty, you have to do those laps of what are the symptoms again? What are it anyway? So uh, good news. I came through it. I didn't go. I never, my, my stomach stayed in my stomach. Didn't go either direction, made it out. I've done five minutes the last two days on the Peloton with my surgically reconstructed knee. I'm I'm really in good spirits. I thought Vegas was a blast. Um, holy spaghetti, hell! Spaghetti, why don't you spaghetti? Why don't you just get back to the Belichick sound? That was a little more uplifting than what Hench just went through. His wishes of oh, diarrhea. And, no, I know it ended nice. I didn't it was a nice end to the story. Shit myself. That's I'm a happy. Story. <laughs> and we await. Uh, I don't know. I, I call me a pessimist. I think we got to hold out a couple few more days before we can uh, announce all clear 
from the Vegas trip to celebrate uh, our big toe. Coach Cousin Sal, I think uh, Sal is now following Jason Garrett's lead and insisting that we all call him coach going forward. Um, Just one of the many delightful things that we have to dig in on here as we get ready for the Civil War reenactment, the lie for your eyes, the preseason batch of football games here. Yeah, it was a wonderful time with Sal. And by the way, I was on with him and his degenerate pals on Against All Odds. Go back and listen to that. We broke down the AFC North of all things there. Um, And uh, I was also on with our pal Adam Carolla on the Adam Carolla show earlier this week. So a little self-promotion on those two things for you. And uh, I want to dig in. And as they come up, perhaps uh, more stories will emerge from the Vegas weekend. That was a good place to to lay down some scoots on what you think is going to happen. If you haven't done that already if you need some more counsel on where to go for the football season and also more immediately for this weekend make sure you do it along with us uh hench spaghetti and myself at fanduel.com slash minus three the word minus the number three we had jeff schwartz on with us Earlier in the week, we did a deep dive on some of those AFC's teams. We really leaned in on the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers specifically. Some interesting thoughts on all three of those with Schwartz. And uh, now, with all that being said, Hench, where shall we go? Want to get best bets going here? Want to want to talk over Let's the weekend? Get best bets out of the way, okay? Because I always feel like they hang over us. You're right with this obligation and then if we can just blow through them we can you know start talking about what a fucking asshole Aaron Rodgers is which is all I've been thinking about for two weeks I do you know Belichick reminds us at the press conference today he's still you you cannot have the conversation of biggest asshole in football without Belichick it rains it rains it doesn't it doesn't Mr. Personality um I don't think the difference is Belichick has never made one iota of effort that you should like me that's a i i don't it's a weird position to take as a grown-up i i i've said this about colleagues in various places it's like well you know blank you know he's an asshole like that's who he is when you go like is that that's what you want to be known like describe him to me like uh, this is why they're now cynics about funerals. Like everybody, it's not a great loss to the world that everybody dies. If you choose to be an asshole all the way through your life, then what? why am I supposed to, to weep at your passing? I think Aaron Rodgers thinks he's really charming. He thinks he's really delightful and funny in, those, in all his pressers. And God bless Belichick, he, hate, he doesn't want to talk to the media. That's his job. He's not Daniel Day-Lewis. It's no more acceptable than someone like that. Like, I didn't get into the craft of acting to have to do. Well, yeah, you understand that that is part of the business that you're in, right? You you understand that these are not little art house films that you're making for your pals to screen um, when, when they stop by the crib. This is a, a multi-million dollar endeavor. So, yeah, part of it is promoting it. Sorry, Bill Belichick, if that doesn't suit you, you creep. You're the face of the franchise, for goodness sakes. Not acceptable. I'm an asshole. He, Deal with it, everybody. No. Have, I'm not saying he doesn't have to talk to the press, but he doesn't pretend to be charming and funny. Like, Aaron Rodgers wants to have it both ways. I get it, but, uh, but uh, and then we'll do best bets. But let me just say about Belichick, it's more vexing that all you hear from people who know him, from his players who get along with him, not every single one does, but the ones who like him, they say, oh, no, 
Oh no, Bill. Very sneaky sense of humor. Oh, he's a funny guy. Oh, so so smart. Oh, love to talk history with him. Why why are we deprived of that coach? You know, why 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 are we masses not worthy of of your best stuff when you're standing there? It's a, it's a weird choice. I don't get what he, what he gets out of being a douchebag like that, a monosyllabic, monotone creep the way he is. What the upside of that is, I have no idea. All right, best bets. You start us off, Inch. All right, first of all, a couple weeks ago, I was attacked on this program for suggesting our listeners bet the Swedish women's soccer team plus 550 to win the gold. I was attacked as unpatriotic. What I was saying was, (laughs) this is an incredible bet. You can still get the Swedish soccer team at plus 550. Now... The Swedish women are minus 295. So that's a stay away, especially if you got it at plus 550. Of course, if you were me, then you bet uh, Canada at plus 225. And I I hench every bet. I never, I I chicken shit out. I never ride it to the finish line. My goal is to win $38. Mm -hmm. That's my gambling goal. Anyway, so uh, this week, again, sort of slim pickings, but I think, the U.S. men's basketball team, as confounding as they've been, this couldn't set up worse for France, mm-hmm. right? You've beaten them the last two times you played. You cannot sneak up on them. It's the big stage. It's the game that vindicates them. I think it's 12 and a half right now. Yep. I I, I feel like the, the, the not very dreamy dream team will blow that team out. En- enough with the Evan Fournier that that game is going to be a route uh, and the USA, much to the chagrin of the former guy, the USA uh, will 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 be America first and win the gold medal uh, l- stateside. I'll, I'll let me let me ride with you on that one. I'll jump in and I think spaghetti probably will, too. I'm with you. I'm not waving old glory here. Uh, just to lay the 12 and a half for the reasons you just said, it's a fascinating thing. And as I, 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 it's one of my go-to, um, theories. I love the Kurt Rambis, Rick Fox paradox, which is that there are guys who have no role on bad or mediocre teams, but are key pieces. If you keep them one dimensional on good teams, that's Kurt Rambis. And that's Rick Fox in, uh, in their respective glory days. Evan Fournier is sort of the opposite of that. He has no place as a scorer on a good NBA team. But when you say, Hey, Ev, you're our best shot to shoot us into a ball game. You're you're the only one. You're you're still a world class scorer, relatively speaking. Go do it. How many times is Fournier going to do that? How many times is he going to outdo Kevin Durant? It, uh, it not very many is the answer. Lay the twelve and a half, and you can feel good about yourself as an American. Unlike Hedge betting on Sweden against the U.S. All right. I mean, capitalism is, is uh, you know, a tentpole thing for America, but still, Hench, you made some money, but on the backs of, of our girls. Uh, <laughs> women. Um, women. Women. So I don't even notice this, but every team that announced we're going for it at the trading deadline gets that clubhouse-wide surge where the guys who are already there start playing better. Every baseball team that said, like, we're going for it, gets a little boost and every team that goes, we know you're frauds. We're standing pat. 
like the Red Sox, they go right in the fucking toilet. They, even the guys who are doing well go, oh, management doesn't think we can win the World Series. We'll prove them right this week by losing to the Detroit Tigers. So that's happening across baseball. You know, the, 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 the Dodger, Yankee, inevitable, evil empires colliding in the World Series is happening. And then in, in the Bronx this weekend, you have one of the smokiest, mirroriest teams, the Seattle Mariners, with their minus 49 run differential coming into the suddenly incredibly long Yankee lineup killing machine. And talk about regression to the mean. The Yankees are on a rocket ride to the playoffs. That is, They're not going to be stopped. The Mariners are plummeting and, and will continue to, and, and that will happen big time in the Bronx. Uh, the, the Yankees to sweep that series, but also the Yankees over in each and every one of those games because e- even though the, the, the Sharps know what's going on, you can't move those numbers fast enough when a team is, is in the process of not trying versus a team that's really got a mission now. And I mean, oh, I feel bad for those poor Red Sox when management just said, oh, you're not very good. I know you're in first place, but we can't even beat this offer for Rizzo. We're not even going to beat this offer. That's how little we believe in you. Like, wow, definite. Uh, Pity for your Red Sox aside, I am with you on what you said about the Yanks. And is this the biggest physical uh, batting lineup in the history of baseball. I mean, it's got, I mean, I don't know what, when I was thinking, well, when the Rangers had Juan gone and they also had Canseco at the same time or no, because that that's a a good start there. Or the bash brothers were a good start when they had McGuire and Jose Canseco. Um, But I mean, it's crazy. When you look at the, the guys that they throw out there, it's a fun bet. You want a fun player prop? Pick the guy who you think is going to hit a home run for the Yankees or pick a couple of them, and uh, you have a really good chance of doing it. You and I are in lockstep this weekend. Call me Pool Boy Dave. We used to have a guy in uh, in college, one of our pals, we, we, we called him Pool Boy because he'd meet a girl and he'd like get her number at, at a party or whatever, and then he was in love, head over heels. He just dove into that pool. He didn't even check if there was water, and he just dove in wild gaga for this girl, and obviously that didn't work out. That being said, call Dave Pool Boy here. The Yanks, I've seen enough. They are going to the playoffs. In fact, I told you five weeks ago on this show they were going on, and, and you could get great odds on it back then that the Yanks were going to wind up in the playoffs. It's all a bunch of... Hooey, Eddie Spaghetti playing victim. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the Yanks are going to do it. This is what happens every trade deadline. They go to the teat of the less fortunate teams. They take out of the bosom what they want and uh, and leave it all dried up and desiccated for, for the remainder. What the other team gets out of it, to Hench's point, I don't know because the prospects ain't that great that the Dodgers and Yanks are even giving up to make these trades. That's another weird element to it. Either way... I am with you specifically. I'm going to look at Saturday. Andrew Heaney on the hump for the Yanks. Not a good first go for them. Chris Flexen has not been bad as a starter for the Mariners. So I'm going to avoid the total on Saturday. 
Um, but I'm still betting on the collection of uh, of heavy Yanks bats, bats there. Lay the one and a half um, for the Yankees on Saturday. Hey, just just because I'm positive that you're right, that there's never been a, a lineup that weighed as much as the Yankee lineup, just to throw this out there, I believe if we if if Spaghetti looked it up, DJ LeMayhew, who is their leadoff hitter, is both taller and heavier than Juan Gonzalez was when he was in his prime. DJ LeMayhew is huge. He's their table center. Then the offensive line comes up after after the 6'4-215 LeMayhew does his work at the top of the order. It's insane and obviously I hope it fails in in the playoffs, which I agree that they that they will get to. By the way, what what kind of compromise does Brian Cashman have on the fucking Cubs? Why are the Cubs so invested in the success of the Yankees? So it's like not only will you will we give you ten to fifteen years of Glaber Torres, you're gonna get Chapman back at the end of the month too. Like we're just here to help you, Yankees. Let us know what you need. It's Hey, how about this, Cubs? Uh, don't return the Yankees' calls. You're you're gonna lose that deal, and uh, you're not gonna ask for the fucking studs. I remember when a rental was expensive. Like, and if you're not gonna get a real prospect, just just take the the fucking uh, compensation when the guy leaves at the end of the year. Like, I don't this thing of like, hey, the Washington Nationals are gonna help the Dodgers get back to the World Series. Why? Why? It's I, a bummer. I, there must be something. I don't know what Theo Epstein did to the office on his way out the door, but he must have messed it up or something. Because we get why Cashman has it in for Theo Epstein, but why the Cubs' current front office does, I'm not sure. But I think somewhere in there lies your answer, Hench. Explain yourself, Spaghetti. How can you be proud of this? How, how, I, how I can was you talking- even stomach to watch a bunch of mercenaries? It's, I mean, this, this is satisfying I, to you? It's not a, it's literal a, such a bad take from you. Such a terrible take from you. I, I, I'm a sorry. Bad about, it's, such it's a, a miserable take. take. Shaq, if you want a left tackle for the Steelers, you're going to be like, hmm, will I rather give up a first round pick or a seventh round pick? Like, why are you blaming the Yankees when the other organizations are incompetent? Like, yes. I'm blaming the, Yankees, the system. It's not the Yankees. I'm blaming the system. It's, it's but, you, but you're stinks. saying, all right, so you're, you're saying, how can I root for them? They did a trade. The trade was accepted by both parties and the MLB approved it. Like, what do you, I don't know what you want from me and other Yankee fans or other fans of other teams like the Dodgers or the Padres who make a lot of you know moves the Cubs years back were making moves the Mets made moves like I don't know why you're blaming teams that are in a power position it's a very weird thing like because yeah, I, you know why because it's the same thing I said all for you're just an angry of- Pirates fan if the Yankees no. give up the Martian I'd be I'd be devastated for a rental Rizzo they're not even sign Rizzo I actually happen to think that uh, I think it's funny that what people uh, so many of the people who would say why doesn't uh, blank take less money? Why, you know, I, I saw something a week ago that, that that said, you know, if Harden and KD and Russell had all just stayed together in OKC, they could have taken less money. Just, uh, you know, some of the parts greater than the individuals and and the glory to uh, to Oklahoma City in the state of Oklahoma. You know what you're describing there, friend? Socialism. That's what you're describing. But, uh, but apparently that's a bad deal. I like on some level that baseball has an evil empire in the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox and all these big spenders for the inequity. 
Darth Vader is scary because he's badder than anybody who he's fighting. That's what you. That's what makes for a good storyline is someone who presents as as more intimidating than what you've got going. That, everybody loves that underdog story. I just but, don't know. I, I wouldn't like to be on your side of it. And one more thing, it's why I didn't like the Patriots uh, uh, for the last twenty years when we didn't know was it Belichick or Brady, Brady or Belichick. I, I am partial to, I admire savvy GMs and great coaches. I'd rather root for the, indivi- for the individual greatness on the field. It's a weird thing, like, Cashman, our Cashman GM good. Like, that's, that's unsatisfying in my book. Well, I think it's a good point that, like, the example Spaghetti gives to defend his fucking evil empire is, wouldn't you take a left tackle? And it's like, yeah, except that doesn't happen in football, which is vastly superior. When your team is six and five, they don't just go to get three great players from other teams that have decided to pack it in. That That's why football is king. So, you know, you just can tread water for 100 games and then go, hey, we'll get the Cubs best player and we'll get the Rangers best player and then we'll be fine. It's like it sucks. And what also sucks is that the Yank, the only Yankee to have an RBI in his first six games with the team is Anthony Rizzo. That is a fucking joke that, that he's going to have this historical entry. It's not Joe DiMaggio. It's not Mickey Mantle. It's a fucking rental that, it, you know, and it's just like, I, I agree. It's these are the existing rules and the Nationals can help the Dodgers and the Cubs can help the Yankees. And maybe there's fucking slush funds and individuals being paid money on the side. Who knows why they choose to help the evil empires? But the point is, it sucks. You should you should have to get to the dance with the team you 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 know you left spring training with and and not just you know this this perpetual stealing from the poor, stealing from the poor. You know, Sheck's got a great second baseman on the Pirates. Well, he goes to the Padres. Like, it just, it never ends. Like, I, I really, I just wish everyone would take the NFL model and emulate it. I, all that said, the only, I, I do kind of like the inequity of it. Because what I fear with football is, and I, or what I said, what I feared, I should say, uh, past tense about 15 years ago was that when you cap these things, that eventually it it creates a situation where like unless you're run by dips which is you know some percentage of organizations will be run by dips but outside that eventually every team's number is going to come up and then it won't feel special like if it's just like wait your turn and when the when you're when you sufficiently stink and you get enough assets in the draft and otherwise you'll you'll have it together and like oh next year it'll be the Seahawks year and the year after that the Cardinals will win it and that won't be great what I forgot in that prediction like I say a decade and a half ago is it's a quarterback league and that's what that's what makes the teams consistently uh, playoff contenders is who has the good quarterbacks. I'm, I've actually been surprised that you don't see, um, you know, year to year titles. Like, although you do see in the NFL teams spike up for one season and then sink right back down to to where they were previously. I don't know what the answer is, but this baseball. I, I mean, it's I, as I say, being a Pirates fan is 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 terrible. But if you're a Yankees fan. This also doesn't work. And the people who defend it that the playoffs have kind of mucked it up with wild cards and more teams in and like, hey, you have some middle market teams getting in there. 
You don't have them winning the World Series. Go back and look at who wins the World Series, the the grand prize at the end of it. It is not some middle. These are not middle class teams. It's the big spenders who almost always get it. That's right. Go back and look through it. Make your face spaghetti. It's not true. It's not true, though, because the Royals won, the Giants won. I'd even argue the Nationals outside of like, I mean, the Scherzer and a couple homegrown guys. Like, I don't really, I don't buy it. I'm not saying I'm rooting for like what the Yankees Royals were the one. The Royals were the one. It's not as it's not as crazy as you as you really make it out to be. Like you could be salty about it but again like the nfl isn't perfect either because the nfl doesn't make trades they just keep guys in the roster they cut them and that guys and like because they don't guarantee any salaries and they go to another team and they sign for less money there the nfl is way too cutthroat the mlb obviously has some issues because of uh, of no, no salary cap the nba the players force their way out of trade so it's like really what it comes, the only fair league with a salary cap and fair trade is probably the nhl when you look about it like that so I, i'm not saying i'm like high-fiving because of brian cashman but it's like it's my team i root for they made a deal and oh by the way i can get it to my best bet like joey gallo who the yankees traded for it has not like, hit a baseball in like the past two months so it's like yeah rizzo's been awesome but the real story there with rizzo is not just i mean rizzo baez schwarber chris bryant like the cubs winning the world series in 2016 and collapsing this bad that should be their ownership that should be the story of it not the yankees just getting them for you know for the mid-level prospects so to me that's that's the real issue of this whole entire uh, MLB trade line. No, makes. what the issue is as a, 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 or uh, as an offshoot of what you just said there. I can't. Uh, I'm disgusted for real that Cubs fans are belly aching about the demise of their team. It was one thing when Simmons and Hench couldn't even couldn't bite their tongue for five months. And they, as soon as the Red Sox started poorly the year after, they find I just want to see one. Well, you got one. Stop complaining. Now Cubs fans are complaining. All right, you got you got to see one. The Cubs, you, you won a World Series. Everybody doesn't have to go back to back for it to matter. It was a magical moment. Shame on you, Hench. The Red Sox made the playoffs in 2005. But you bellyache is my point. Bitching in 2005. You complained. You got like, oh, I don't know. No, Red Sox. All right. Anyway, go this ahead. Is what, this is what's going to be funny is that you know, Jed Hoyer went on this this fucking pity party, woe is me, where he was claiming that that they made market rate offers to those guys. And it's like, oh, well, good. Then you can make those same market rate offers to them in two months and they'll re-sign with the Cubs, right? They'll all be back with the Cubs and you'll have the prospects. Like, th- this is going to work out great, except – None of those guys are going to go back to the Cubs because you're not going to offer market rate and you're full of shit in this press conference right now. You did not offer them market rate. Their agents explain that to them and they're going on the market. Feel free to offer the market rate, by the way. Uh, you, you should be prepared to now that you've announced that you already did offer them market rate. The, <laughs> They're, they're, you're not going to resign those guys. That's right. And by the way, Eddie Spaghetti, I once received a phone call from Kevin Hench in the days following the Steelers' uh, victory over the Seattle Seahawks in Super Bowl 40, marred for some by what, I guess, I don't know who, people thought some of the calls in that Super Bowl went the Steelers' way. And I argued with people and I would go play by play and I would say, no, 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 Daryl, Daryl, what was his name? Daryl Robinson pushed off on uh, that one play and Roethlisberger did cross the goal line and Hench called me and I appreciated it. He said, let me tell you something, friend, just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Don't, don't, don't try and respond to people. That's, that's not, that takes away from your glee. 
Uh, same way, because he's a Patriot supporter, and the you know they're the worst cheats in sports ever. And he was like, "Don't answer the people who call your team a cheater. Um, just enjoy it. That's what I say to you. Don't take the slings and arrows. All right, it's weird that your Yankees operate on a, a you know that obviously everything slants in their favor. But just try and enjoy. It's not it. just them. But anyway, I want to go my best bet. I want to let Spaghetti get to his be- best bet. But it's it's D- it's Daryl Jackson who Daryl Jackson. That's right. That's it's right. Daryl Jackson right. who they made the shitty call against. One of I mean, ten he did. shitty calls. Well, but that enjoy is, it. That, is enjoy pa- it. that is pass interference when you push the guy off to, to hey, free listen, yourself. Hey, Roethlisberger had a fucking had a twenty two point six quarterback rating in that game. You definitely deserve to win. Well done. <laughs> Let's use that instead of the final score. All right, let's, just, let's from now on let's use the Q let's use the QB rating to determine the final game. Let's go season. back. Spaghetti was in the middle of talking about one of the all time great Yankees, Joey Gallo. Yeah, go. Uh, I'll start my best bet there. I'll give you a quick Joey Gallo one. I know I just crapped on him. Said he hasn't hit a ball in like two months. I think he's at, like literally since July like fifth. He's batting like point zero nine eight. But uh, they're playing the the Mariners, like you guys mentioned. Marco Gonzalez is going tomorrow. And Joey Gallo has a pretty good average versus 333, 18 at-bats. He has two home runs, seven ribbies. Uh, Right now for Joey Gallo, they don't have the exact price, but it's around plus 190 on FanDuel uh, for today. So I'm assuming it's going to be close to that tomorrow. You could also say Joey Gallo to get a record a hit. You're not going to get as good odds. I like him to turn around. There is a guy that will turn around versus a certain pitcher would be Joey Gallo versus Marco Gonzalez. So I like that. So Joey Gallo to hit a home run uh, on the Friday matchup between the Yankees and the Mariners. Now, I'm going to get to my Olympics picks, and I feel like you guys are going to crush me on this one. But I, I let me preface. Team USA is going to win. They're going to win the gold medal. But they're not going to cover. They're not going to no, win this you, game. All right, then for now, from happen. for the remes, from the for the remainder of this little jag, you have to do it in French. Go. I don't know. I didn't. I never learned French. I actually took uh, took Russian in high school, so I know more Russian than than oh French. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a long story. But I so the twelve and a half right now is a spread. I think France will cover that, and I also think France first half money line plus three hundred is a good bet. Because they seem to have Team USA's number, but I've watched the the replays of Team USA. They're a slow starting team. I mean, they had a struggle yesterday or whenever the last game was versus uh, Australia, where they were like down by 15 points. I could just see France getting out ahead early, kind of sustaining that. They're going to go into half with the lead, and then eventually Duran and Booker and the usual suspects will they'll come around. They'll they'll pull ahead. And they'll USA will win the game by eight nine points, something like that. And uh, another one I like too. All of this number jumping around a lot was the total in the game last I checked was 176 and a half I think it's down to 175 and a half now when it was 176 and a half that would mean three of the team USA games have been under and their first match versus France was also under so I do like a lower scoring game so I'm going to even if it is 175 I'm going to say take the under on that one for team USA so in summation team USA versus France under I like France plus the 12 and a half and I also think France in the money line in the first half, I think is around plus 300 to be leading when the team's at the locker room. So those are my, my bets. And I, I'm sorry, America, but Team USA will win the game. Durant will get his gold medal and everything will be okay. Come on, dude. Hey, just curious because it's it's been uh, several months, um, but has Rudy Gobert made it out to the corner to cover Terrence Mann yet uh, as the Jazz blow a 25-point lead to the Clippers? And Terrence Mann is just shooting set shots for the entire second half as this goofy seven footer with no place in the modern game can't waddle out to the three point line. Like the, the, 
the three pointers that are about to rain down on France, it, it's going to be like when the Maginot line was breached in World War II. It's going it, to it, it's going to be ugly, and the USA is is going to crush uh, uh, crush crush those frogs. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what what are they known for? Spaghetti. You know, when they deal with a little adversity, they'll lay down. Right. So they'll get a little adversity early in the second half. And uh, and that'll be the story of uh, the men's gold medal Olympic game. Well, uh, one thing to add, I'm not sure if it's a French last name, but it reminded me of what Hench just said a little bit, a little bit ago. But DJ LeMayo is, in fact, bigger than uh, Juan Gonzalez. So really? He, wow. DJ LeMayo is six foot four, 220 pounds. He's a horse of a man. Juan gone six three, has the height. But baseball reference lists him only at like buck 75 so uh he's a thinner guy lemayu is well, a, a thick, is, strong man that is several cycles of decadurbalin <laughs> like that is a when he was drafted weight because i know he had the cigarette girl waist but uh the v and the shoulders got into the 215 range i'm guessing uh what the weirdest looking everybody i never understood when we were growing up dave winfield they would always say, what a graceful man he is. Isn't he graceful? Look at that beautiful cut he takes at the ball. I always thought it was goofy looking. It was weird. He was too long to play baseball. He never looked right, in my opinion, swinging the bat. Because he, he was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and about 112 pounds, it looked like, at some points. But I want to get into... I, 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 by the way, we lost J.R. Richard today. One of the great uh, Eddie Spaghetti probably doesn't even has never even heard that name. Have you, Spaghetti? Do you not literally true. not know that name? Oh, you know I, him? I, okay. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you do. I don't know what you know. I'm not an insult to you. I know plenty. <laughs> I know plenty. He do, was, you think, do you think there was ever uh, there had to be? I mean, I guess there didn't have to be, although they did play more doubleheaders back then. I mean, real doubleheaders, not these fucking things they do now. But uh do you think there was ever a doubleheader where J.R. Richard and Nolan Ryan for the Strohs <laughs> were scheduled to pitch? But, and like three guys came to the manager's office going, ooh, boss, I just – this feels like a day I'm going to have to take a me day. I don't know. if migraine, flu. Like can you imagine facing <laughs> – Eight at bats of never seeing anything under a hundred. Oh my he god! He was because he was what you want. Same thing as Nolan Ryan and Rand, and Randy Johnson and Roger Clemens. They all had that um, going for and Pedro Martinez. And it's not a small factor that Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin and maybe you could even gauge postseason success. And I, whenever I say that, people always send me Tom Glavin's postseason numbers. He was not dominant on the level in October as he was in uh, in July against lesser teams. Tom Glavin. Power pitchers is how you get it done in um, in the postseason. But it's also that all those guys had a fear factor uh, going for him, too. Like, J.R. Richard was scary. I mean, he was a big dude, and the ball would fly in at your head in the high 90s. He was, for a stretch there, almost as dominant as any guy I can remember in our lifetime, right? I mean, like, the names yeah, I just course. shouted out are all positioned above him because they did it for longer. But J.R. Richard was really weird, collapsed on the mound. I was almost, in a weird way not for his family and I'm not uh, being glib about his passing, but I was almost like, Oh, good for him. He made it to 71 because he collapsed at the height of his powers on the mound. And it was like, Oh man, is that guy going to make it? And what was that 40 years ago now? Wow. 1980. He's 10 and four with a 1.90 ERA when he goes down. Yeah. Holy 
Dominant, dominant. By the way, before anything else, I want to get these in. I've been meaning to get these in. I was listening to Against All Odds. Uh, They did their college football preview. Go back and listen to that. Two jumped out at me. People call me a college football polygamist um, because I root for Pitt. I grew up going to Pitt football games. I lived in uh, Pitt Stadium for six uh, home dates a year, and I went to Indiana University both a lot of people excited about the Hoosiers, so I'm surprised to see their win total at a measly seven and a half. Shouldn't that team that was sort of uh, one of the great stories um, and rising forces in the Midwest, I was surprised by how low that total was. Pitt even more so, laying just seven on the season win total. Panthers are definitely going over that. What do you want in college football? You want a, a tenured QB. Well, the the Pitt Panthers have that, a guy who's going to get drafted um, somewhere to be a pro football quarterback. They actually have beefed up um, the overall roster. They've done a decent job of recruiting. Pitt's going over seven in the mediocre to poor ACC. That's, that is a bigger gimme to me than the Hoosiers going over seven and a half. At least they're in the Big Ten. Eddie Spaghetti, verify or uh, go against either one of those, if you will. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm okay with those picks. Uh, I was actually was looking at the the odds before for the national championship, and it's a boring year. I think there's really only three or four teams that could potentially win the whole entire thing. Um, my pick would be Georgia plus 500. If you want a long shot, I like I North Carolina. That pick. Love yeah, I, I'm a big JT Daniels guy. I think he's going to be – he's probably the second-best quarterback, I think, in this college football season. I think the best quarterback is Sam Howell, by far the best deep ball thrower. And I love uh, what Mac Brown's doing in North Carolina. They're plus 5,000, which is a super long shot. But if you want, like, a long shot to potentially sneak their way in, if there is one quarterback who could lead a team, it would be him. So those are my kind of off-the-radar We'll take Georgia to win the SEC. Do that. That's, that's a fine. That's a good bet that's not crazy. I, I do mean, like Georgia. Alabama, Georgia's a good school. I know Alabama – conceivably could win it every year but come on it can't go on forever like this can well, it i guess I LSU it did funny. it two years ago but still i just thought it was funny because i think you know i love the idea of expansion i love playoffs i love teams winning it on the field and and then when Dabo comes out against it you know heavily aggressively against it i'm like oh you know why is this guy so oh right because you're always in the final four yeah you you get a buy into the final four you don't want anybody else participating in your private tournament that you have with Nick Saban. Of course, that makes sense because that's fun waiting, waiting to see what two teams will join Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney in the, uh, in the final four every year. Hey, I had this thought uh, because the baseball draft, I, I just, it's so confounding to me, these levels, these tiers, how much money you have to spend and this Kumar Rocker fiasco with the Mets. Imagine it again. I'm shitting on baseball. And explain and, for who doesn't know it. He's got a bum elbow that they've now detected, right? Why but, did they draft him? Don't they have access to him before they take him? It's weird. That everybody had access to, but like this thing where uh, guys, rookies, draftees can, can negotiate and go like, that's not going to get it done. Like, Imagine if Justin Fields told the Bears, not feeling it. Uh, I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, you guys, I'm sorry you used that pick. Um, I'm not feeling it. So anyway, we tried. We couldn't make it work out. Like, at least in the NFL, that guy's going to play for you. Like, yeah, you, you, you retain that. his rights. Yeah, I love the fact that you can just be, I'm, I'm not going to show up. And then you're going to go back into the pool. Oh, what a humiliation okay. for the team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you're going to pick next year. That's that. Oh, Jesus. Like there the Red was. Sox uh, second pick didn't sign. 
Um, there was there was Jordan. legitimate. I remember as a wee lad when the when the Pens drafted Mario Lemieux. The entire run up to that draft was. Um, I can't who, who what one team offered all its draft picks like w- Ricky Williams style like well you can have all our draft picks and there were so many fun ones out there at the time I can't remember them all the Quebec Nordiques offered the Stasny brothers three Stasny brothers we'll give you all three we'll give you them all Marion you can take Anton and uh, you know take a, but uh well Peter Peter's the well Peter was good I know but it was like yeah take Ann, please take Marion would you please nobody wants Marion <laughs> But we're going to get you can also get Anton. He's not half bad. Um, But yeah, all those. And then they take him and then Lemieux refuses to put the sweater on. He's like, yeah, I don't want to go there. I I, I don't want to be on the Penguins. And for like a little while there was like, is he really not going to come to the Penguins? Because this is going to be the end of the franchise then. this That's the end of things. I mean, really, like, they they turned down all these offers, and this kid's not even going to show up to play for us? That'll be uh, awful. Obviously, things uh, ended up gloriously, so we can move on from that. Hey, hey, FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new users with an epic Olympic bonus. We're winding it down over there in Tokyo, so get in while you still can. Just place your first bet. On any Olympic sport, risk-free, that's right, new users get up to $1,000 back in site credit. If your first bet doesn't win to get you started, here is an Olympic pick for you. Well, you already heard me say it. I'm going to say it again because I wear the red, white, and blue Eddie Spaghetti. You're wearing red, white, and blue, but you call it Blue Blanc et Rouge, where you come from, um, or where I guess apparently you wish you could be from. Um, I say... Lay the 12 and a half. Good guys. Go against France. How say you, Spaghetti? We know how you say. But I, I, I get, if it's any, you know, uh, consolation, I say they're going to win. USA is going to win the gold medal. But I think if you're going to place bets, I think the smart bet, the smart bet is to say that France will cover the spread. Look, look, we've we talked about this in the past. Was it a few weeks ago with the the whole, you know, plus 41 Iran bet thing. And the team just needed to wake up. And I know they just beat uh, Australia, but they were down 15 in the middle of the game. And France already bested them once. They're a slow starting team. I just, France is going to, they're going to cover. USA, there's no harm in winning, you know, USA winning by 8, 9, 10 points. That's still, it's it's best of both worlds. France wins the bet and you win your money and uh, Team USA and Kevin Durant and Booker and all them get to have their, uh, their fancy shiny gold medals. Find the middle, USA. Boy, an inspirational message. Straight from the math, uh, mouth of a... Excuse me, Thomas Jefferson. All right, make the bet. Ride with me. Ride with spaghetti. You know which way to go. The important thing is that you use the promo code minus three. Once again, it's the word minus the number three. USA, Blue Blanc A Rouge, you decide. I've been looking ahead a little bit. And on FanDuel, the player props are super fun right now. Don't get seduced by any of this jive that's going on in these preseason games. However, do follow what's happening, what you, hear, what you hear in the building. And that brings me to Kirk Cousins. You can bet, well, you can put your money where your view of what Kirk Cousins is doing and his private decision not to get vaccinated. This is going to have career-impacting results for him, I, I suspect. We've already heard Zimmer not happy. He's he's expressed uh, that he doesn't. He's like, I don't know what these guys are doing. So you know that they don't agree. The, the head coach and the thirty million dollar quarterback don't agree. In football terms, Aaron Rodgers is back on the Packers. That team is going to be the best in the division. 
Justin Fields, I suspect, is going to take over in Chicago sooner rather than later. They're going to be they're going to be pretty good. The Bears have a nice roster. Things get sideways with the Vikings. They're going to put the kid Kellen Mond in over Kirk Cousins because this will be Kirk Cousins last year in Minnesota. So they're going to look to the future if things are looking dicey at all for the 2021 postseason chase. That means Kirk Cousins is not going to throw for 4,050 yards. Go under his season total in pass yards. I think that's a re, I think legitimately that's a great bet. Two, Lamar Jackson, you know, on the shelf for what it matters now because of COVID concerns, this thing. Again, it's a private matter, you know, is a, what, what's going on with him. I don't know exactly what his status is. They also want him to throw more. He's also spindly. He's at the stage where we now understand that they want him to throw a little bit more. They also have J.K. Dobbins behind him, who probably is going to get more touches as an individual. Lamar Jackson, under 900 rushing yards this year. Lastly, until Phil Rivers or otherwise shows up in the Colts, I think the Titans are the, are, um, the prohibitive favorite to get the number one seed in the AFC. I don't think that that means that they're the best team in the AFC. It means they have the easiest path to getting the number one seed. The Titans, plus 1,700. To put that into perspective, the Denver Broncos are plus 1,400. And the Colts, with I don't know who at quarterback, are plus 1,400. The Titans are plus 1,700. What are we doing? Bet the Titans. How say you? That all sounded real good. Um... I I saw our buddy, our, our fearless leader, Coach Iacono, uh, using kind of similar logic with smaller numbers, pick the Josh Allen under 480 rushing yards, and his logic was kind of the same as the Lamar logic, which is like you you've got to stop rushing at a certain point. Like, and once your passing proficiency, which Josh Allen's was off the chart last year, it's just like. Uh, let's use this as a last resort, fella. Feel free to wait for Diggs to get some separation. So I thought that my uh, under 480 rushing yards jumped off the page at me when I saw him, uh, you know, make that wager. And I agree with Lamar too. Like it, you know, in a, in an analytics way, they're just figuring out. I don't know why, but you breaking off a 40 yard run every once in a while is hurting our chances of winning the Super Bowl. It doesn't make any sense, but we we watch Lamar in the playoffs and it's like, uh, y- you got to be able to throw an eight yard out on third and six. That's what it's we because, really need. Right. Because it's, it's funny because I mentioned Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox. There are things that work in the middle of the season against mediocrity that don't work when you play high end opponents. That is the that's the issue. That Lamar Jackson may dominate. The Ravens may go over. I think they're going to go under the, is it 11 or 11 and a half spaghetti? I was just looking at that uh, a minute ago and I can't, uh, I can't recall either way. If it's uh, Baltimore Ravens are at 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I still think they go. I, I do think they go under that still. Um, the league is, as we've seen now, since Lamar Jackson's uh, miraculous, you know, marvelous season, they, there was a sense of a catch up there. They are diminished on the offensive line a little bit. Um, their defense is probably going to be, I think, a little bit less than what it's been the last year or two. Um, this means Lamar Jackson isn't doing what he does best, which is running the ball. It's gonna, he's going to be forced to sling it a little bit. And they do understand philosophically, 
great if we get to the playoffs. Also, we also realize in this building we ain't winning no Super Bowl playing this way. We have to have, like you say, a guy who can complete third and six throws in the fourth quarter in the divisional round. Um, so I think that hey. that all fa- I, I think that all favors Lamar Jackson going under running the ball. But by the way, as a as a side bet too to that. Lamar, why the Ravens are, are the team to beat by the prognosticators, not the Browns, is also a head-scratcher to me. Plus 115 versus plus 155, it's close. But why the Browns aren't favored ahead of the Ravens, I, I don't understand. You know what's kind of a – I was just thinking about your your cousins thing. But, like, you know, I would always say to Sal with over-unders, it's like I feel like they're setting Saquon's over-under, like, every year – based on him playing a full season that's him that number is him playing a full season and you get you win automatically if he gets injured so i started betting unders for running backs particularly and like sometimes you get paid because they did they had a bad season and sometimes you get paid by week three because he's got a high ankle sprain and there's no way he's going over that number i feel betting under on all the unvaccinated guys it would be a strong slate because there's no way those numbers are set. You're right. I mean, I, I, it, it sounds like you're making a political statement, but you're making a practical one. If you if yeah. if you test positive, they will immediately, and they're going to forfeit your team's game. So it's not even like you. I, I it really I can't believe that we're really if you would have said two months ago that this is setting up that there are going to be some potential forfeits in in the league this year I would have uh, been surprised but I mean I really feel like we're tracking in that direction uh, not, not forfeits because unless the whole team gets shut down but you are going to see games where you know Kirk Cousins or what I and if Zimmer is the sort of guys like I don't. I think you're crazy that you're not doing this for your team. And if if it really is the Michael Irvin thing of, I thought you wanted to win. I thought you loved football. I thought you were a team guy. If coaches think that way, then it does kind of like you've lost the locker room, Kirk. We can't have you out there. You're not even willing to meet the standard that everyone else here has. The other one that's crazy is too, and I'm not at all being political and saying what you should do, although you you're not being a, political when you say get vaccinated. That is not a fucking I know, I know, but people take it that 2021. way. 2021, there's a reason we don't have smallpox. It's not fucking political. It's not 50-50. It's insane that this is where our political discourse has been dragged down to hey when you take your dog to the fucking kennel is it vaccinated do you wear a shirt and shoes when you go into the 7-eleven like this is fucking insane this personal freedom thing so uh you know yeah ron rivera almost died that's the one i was just about to say he's learning that his fucking (laughs) players could give a shit like man personal freedom (laughs) Oh my God! That is that's oh. the one that that's the one that makes me loco. Ron Rivera must. These be guys so are all vaccinated out. for pertussis. They're all they do they not know that they were vaccinated when they went to elementary school? God damn it! I, what listen, the fuck? I know, I know. Um, what? Marjorie Taylor Greene is vaccinated. Like fucking wake up! I know, oh my God! Talk I about know. sheeple! Jesus Christ! All right. Listen, I can throw something out there to get us back in football if you want. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to respond, but I don't know what to no, say. I know, about I know. I know, I know. No, I think, I think, I think Hench's point is well taken. If you're a gambler, this is an edge. This is what you're looking for is an edge. This is a good thing to be betting on is season totals 
because there is a decent chance that those guys are going to get shelved and it may not even be. I mean, if you make that bet now and Kirk Cousins gets cut or gets waived or they decide to roll with Kellen Mond or, you know, by the end of September, you're going to be cashing that thing before uh, Halloween. So I it is an interesting thing. We should explore that one. Um, what were you going to say, Spaghetti? Because I, I don't want to get into Joe Judge here. In no, 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 no. Holiday, I wasn't going to do that. I, actually, I actually wanted to bring in something uh, that, uh, that Hench could probably shed some more light on. He's more locked in than I am. But I think by far the most interesting storyline of, of the offseason, and I know we don't really care about preseason games, but more so training camp, and maybe because it's involving Bill Belichick and we kind of lend more credence to him. But it, I, I'm, I, it seems like I was dead wrong with my Cam Newton prediction that Belichick loves him. It seems like as of right now, the time of the recording that Mac Jones has been unbelievable and he's well, you know, beloved by every, uh, all the coaches, Josh McDaniels has talked about him, whatever. So in terms of gambling too, I know right now the Dolphins are getting uh, two and a half points in week one versus the, uh, the Patriots and the Patriots win total is still, what was it at eight and a half or nine? I mean, does, if Mac Jones is the guy week one, are we now saying, oh no, like that's a bad mistake? Let's let's you know under for the Patriots, or is he that much better than Cam Newton, where they're going? The Patriots play will be elevated because again, if it's coming from Belichick, we seem to want to trust him more often than not. I don't think a rookie, like I, I feel like that 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 doesn't change like a game line or an over under line, right? Like it's not, you know, you wouldn't go like, oh my God, you know, Mac Jones is going to be a million times better than Cam right out of the gate. So I don't really feel like I would, I mean, I kind of want the Mac Jones uh, era to start because I'm, I'm not a Cam believer, um, but I, I wouldn't go, oh my God, they're definitely going to go over nine wins now because the kid is starting. Um, that said, I'm, I, I know I didn't shed a lot of knowledge, but I'm the only thing I'm shedding is the Moderna vaccine. I just shed it all day. You got <laughs> stay clear, stay clear, or you might get vaccinated. Pair, cousins pair so nicely with infant blood, Hench. I think you'll find mm. if you haven't tried that yet. The um, adrenochrome. Mm. I um, I, I'll be interested to see where this goes because you know I think in my head I feel like Cam Newton is going to run a semi-different offense than Mac Jones is going to run. It's not the, you know, obviously you would design some runs for number one. You aren't going to do that with Mac Jones, of course. So I don't know how, at this stage in Cam's career how much they are running design run. But when you saw the two tight ends get in there and it felt like they're going power ball that they were building around Cam to some degree. But then again, a rookie, as they always say, a little bit. It's a little overstated too. That rookie's best friend is a is a tight end. Rookie quarterback loves a loves a tight end if he's smart um, and plays ball control and does what Belichick likes to do, which is likes to work with two tight ends on the field. I could see that succeeding. They are to me. They remain the X factor of the AFC. I don't know what the Patriots are going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if they double di digit win this season. Um, either way, what is it? Week four, they play Tom Brady. That'll be fun. Um, do you have any, oh, I guess you'll have to see who the quarterback is. How, how do you think that one's going to work though, Hedge? Just off the top of your head. Who wins that game? Uh, you have to bet, you have, you, you have to bet your left ear on it. Which, which, who you betting? Brady or Belichick? Ball. I bet, I bet Brady. You bet, you that team's loaded. That team's loaded. Um, all right. We, I, there's so many different things we could talk about here. Tom Brady is well, going to pay Manning's retirement. One. That's weird. Um, that's fine. It's sweet. It's weird. 
Magic and Larry made a McDonald's commercial. What? Like, you got to hate each other? What the fuck? Well, it's a little weird. It seems strange that they're doing that. Peyton, the all-time Mr. October, by the way. Talk about guys who thrived against mediocrity, but not against high-end opponents. That's Peyton Manning for you, but congratulations. You had no, we had no pushback from me there. Um, and it okay. drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that at the end of not just his worst season, but the worst season that any quarterback in the league had, that fucking Von Miller carries him to another Super that's Bowl. That's how he got two. Nuts. That that's how he got to wash off the stink of just one for a guy who we're talking about is maybe the best ever that he got that second one because of the defense. But if you're listening to me now, Steelers fans, that's your best example of why the Steelers can have a magical season washed up. Maybe not his best, at least any longer, but certainly a first ballot hall of famer, great defense, Leans on the pieces he has around him on offense. That was a path to success six years ago. Why not on the banks of the three rivers? In the meantime, I caught a lot of junk, Hench, um, because I think it was, I don't remember how many years it came out, but it was the anniversary of Talladega Nights. And I decreed on social media the funniest movie of the 21st century so far. All due respect to your movies with uh, Corolla. Those, those movies had a heart. They weren't just gut busters. They were nice. They had romance and everything. Now, a lot of people disagree, including our own Eddie Spaghetti. He, you know, he went after me for this. This is a terrible take, an embarrassing list. I go Talladega Nights win. Funniest movies of the 21st century. Talladega Nights won. Borat 2 Best in Show, which came out in the calendar year 2000, so it barely makes the cut in the uh, in the show spot. How say you? Will Ferrell, though, I like people like, that's not Will Ferrell's funniest movie. Maybe it's Anchorman, but it's close to me. How say you, Hitch? Um, it's funny. I'm just looking through this list, and I got a, a gist of Will Ferrell movies, but I loved the other guys. That movie made me laugh my ass off. It's hysterical. Um, and, uh, yes. And old school made me laugh my ass off. Uh, but but just in terms of all movies, I did, you know, you look back and, of course, uh, you know, anything you laughed at, obviously, has been canceled and you can't you, you, you have to apologize for even laughing or deny having laughed at it in the first place would probably be safer. But I think it was like back to back years. My favorite movie of the year was a comedy, which is pretty rare that, you know, you 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 beat Oscar bait with a comedy. And I, I fucking, when Heather and I finished watching the hangover in the theater, we were like, holy shit. What did we just experience? Like that was, there were so many unbelievable laughs and, and big set pieces and topping themselves constantly with the fucking tiger and Mike Tyson and Ed Helms on the piano, like just rolling laughter. I love that movie. And obviously They've desecrated it with the sequels, which is is what they do. Um, and then the other movie that I just I don't know if it holds up, but same thing. Big set pieces, rolling laughter. It's Tropic Thunder. I fucking mm. loved Tropic Thunder so much. And you know, at, at the end of those, I mean, Downey actually staying in character for the DVD commentary, which he promises in the movie he's going to do. Like there were so many. I mean, Downey was unbelievable. Uh, probably can't do that character now. Uh, anyway, so, so, uh, and I love Talladega Nights that I also laughed my ass off at that movie, but, um, yeah, it's, it's weird to look back at those 
problematic movies and think about how hard we laughed. By the way, I could do an hour on how Woody Allen was was a hero to me too, but uh, you know, probably skip that. I landed on what was I? Oh, uh, uh, Hannah and her sisters a few nights ago, late at night. I landed on it, and my wife said, "Like, well, we got to turn this off." And I was like, "Do we really have to turn this off? Do I? I really have to turn off Hannah and her sisters?" I it just kind of happened. It didn't even register. Oh yeah, this is now taboo. I don't know how to feel. Yeah, now it's more I like did, Hannah. I, and her, it's more like Hannah and her daughters. <laughs> I the get characters that. Characters in love with Hannah and her daughters. Matt Gates gets that one. Um, I uh, listen. Talladega Nights. I don't think we celebrate. I don't like the word underrated. We're throwing around underrated. This is an emerging word in our language that somehow is intended to, when you call something underrated these days in our narcissistic and vain society, it's a way of giving yourself the thumbs up. Like, you don't get it, but I get it. That's what I, underrated is supposed to mean. And it's like, yeah, we're all in on Mike Evans being a good wide receiver. Like, it's he's not underrated. We all get it. Now, what I celebrate are underrated Hall of Famers. Franco Harris, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett. These are three guys who, even though they're in the hall, aren't celebrated properly. I would also say O.J. Simpson, but there's some things that happened in his post-playing days that uh, that maybe I can understand why people don't want to celebrate him as much. But John C. Riley feels vaguely underrated to me. I, he is completely because he's because at one point it was like he's a great straight man but it's like oh no he's not just a straight man i mean in boogie nights he is he steals boogie nights in my opinion uh what about walk, walk, walk hard. hard yeah dewey cox he's, he's great incredible he carries the movie he's incredible he's a i i i think he is Dynamite. Never not great. Yeah. Never not In great. Talladega Nights, that is the single funniest scene in what I've just declared the funniest movie of the 21st century is when uh, Will Ferrell comes home and and, and, <laughs> and he's completely replaced him. And he's a, a crudely cut out image of himself pasted over Will Ferrell's face on the family portrait and on down. I, I, I think that's the best. I, the Borat... Uh, experience seems to have been vaguely forgotten too. When people do this, it seems like that's underappreciated somehow. I guess I'm calling it underrated. So bitten by my own snake, but we've, uh, we've allowed that one to get away from us. The one that I don't get when I float, when I floated this, there's a ton of Shaq, you must've forgotten, but wedding crashers, wedding crashers is funny for 17 minutes. And then it just turns into a rom-com. It's a weird mood. I don't, what people point to is that being hysterical. I like also the hangover, but that's the, that strength, the strength of that picture is, I mean, it does have so many funny scenes in it, but the funniest thing in it is um, over the credits when they're show when they're looking back at the still the shots they took. I mean, that's the, the funniest it's thing. Incredible. Yeah. That's the funniest no, thing in the whole I mean, picture. Look, I mean, it's hard because every single thing that they did for the first time in that movie got fucked out immediately. Like, it's like, let's do this thing. But like when Ken Jeong pops out of that trunk, like, I mean, there are so many moments you're fucking, you're, what am I watching? What am I seeing? My head's exploding. Like it was, it couldn't have been more delightful. Oh, one more comedy question. And I want to get Spaghetti's uh, win play show here too, but sure. um Hench, did, did you watch um, Now You Can't Leave? Uh, or uh, <laughs> I think you should leave. 
Oh my God. Okay. So I, I forgot, I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean a lot that has come into my mentions from a lot of directions. I forgot that you were one of the huge advocates and I'm like, honey, I'm getting yelled at by random people. Like we have to watch this. Um, so we did. And I, and there are sketches that are incredible. Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just say I sat there stone faced, but I would say the batting average maybe not as high as the proponents uh, believe it is. And this is my theory. I have this theory about where we are as a society. Okay. So growing up, right, we would watch boxing and boxing would be like the sweet science, right? You you would, the, the, the boxers would go like, what's working? Two rounds, three rounds. Okay. I've got a little upper hand when I do this combination. And now it's like Dana White said, who fucking wants any of that? It should be all money shots all the time. It should just be the, the most carnage, faster, harder, more blood, more stuff is legal. It, it, they should be trapped in a cage. It should be human cockfighting. And then the market went, Dana White's right. Absolutely. That's really what we want. We don't want to watch guys. So did know, baseball. Pas de, pas de deux. Uh, ballroom dancing with each other for 15 rounds. We just want to watch fucking money shots. Then to my my beloved porn, you know, I mean, I, you know, we didn't love the tennis coach showing up and the woman and the fucking preamble, but now it's just like, it, it's it's way too hard. Everything is just, just all instant hardcore, total hardcore. And I feel like a little bit, I think you should leave is saying, well, what's the funniest part of the sketch? What's the money shot? What's the UFC? What's the violence of it? And it's like, it's the part where he yells the punchline over and over again. Great. Start the sketch with that and then just do that for two and a half minutes. Like, what? Just have the guy yell the same thing over and over? It'll be awesome. And it's like, it feels like this gangbang intensity that we've developed where it's all TikTok, it's all UFC, it's all money shots. We can never, nothing can ever marinate for a second. Uh, except probably one of my favorite sketch is the courtroom with the insider trading, which does do a little preamble before you realize they're making fun of his hat. And then there were, and then, and then it's just punchlines from then on out, but it's fantastic. Anyway, that's my theory that we need we just gallop for the clitoris. We cannot take a second. There's no handholding anymore. And so I think you should leave just gets right to the guy choking and yelling while he's choking. And then, then that's two and a half minutes uh, of yelling, choking. Like there, there, there's so little Ravel's Bolero left to society. It all has to be fucking mainlined heroin all the time. It's my theory. Galloping for the clitoris. It's a good name for one of our autobiographies. I don't know which one. By the way, oh, yeah. what did you think, Hench? Well, was, that reminds me. Speaking of that, there's, I mean, mild dust up. I think, uh, you know, cooler heads have already prevailed and did in the moment. But Eddie Spaghetti had his uh, lovely girlfriend with us there, and other people were talking. Oh what God. do you make it? What do you say? What do you do that for? I would have preferred the comedy talk. Well, I mean, I Wait, did. I did. They have a fight. I missed. No, that. no, 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 no. Martin Weiss took a shot. Martin Weiss. Martin <sighs> Weiss took his shot. 
<laughs> he took a shot at Eddie's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Dave is just perpetuating rumors that I'm going to eventually have to cut out of this podcast and other future podcasts. Well, I just so. said I was talking about it on, on both yeah, of his shows. What are nothing, you talking about? He's just you're, you're fabricating rumors. This is talk about fake news. That's that's fake news. <laughs> I thought it was oh, delightful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First you. of all, I you know having finally met Spaghetti in person, he he's a giant man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think anybody would be talking shit about Spaghetti's girlfriend. No, if he not was talking. Insane. No, not he was, talking. He wasn't shit. at all. He's a Martin no, is a good friend. Expressing There's... affection. Oh, yeah. oh, taking a shot. Taking his shot. Right. Like, that's what the kids like, say. Sh- like shoot your shot. 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 Sh- shoot your shot. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he was taking a shot at her. Wow, buddy, you oversold it. This <laughs> four, four and a half. Anyway, and well, you, Damashek. I mean, the date was one thing, uh, but married did, to did it. Martin, yeah. Did Martin Weiss know it was Eddie's girlfriend? Oh yeah, because that's always, yeah. We, oh, we yeah. know we, we all know each other pre-Vegas, so okay. Well, we should hey, all baby, get baby, together. Baby. Let's all get in a, in a room together and we'll hash it out there. All right, Spaghetti, bring it on home. Win, play, show your comedies. Uh, my three uh, henchmen of one. The other guys is, I mean, to me that is so funny. I mean, the absurdity of having The Rock and Samuel Jackson in it, and Rob Hubel has a couple great lines in there, and Rob Riggle as well as one of the cops, and then obviously well, Farrell. I think it's Farrell's best performance as like a weirdo, and then my friend Mark Wahlberg is in the picture as well. So I, that that to me uh, is actually number two because my number one will never be changed because it's probably the movie I quote the most or think about the most or have seen the most, and that's. I love you, man. I love Paul Rudd, Jason Segel. That movie to me is uh, as good as it gets. And then I'll, my third one, a little off the radar here, is MacGruber. I, I love Will oh, Forte. Oh, yeah, MacGruber definitely And MacGruber it. is just so absurd. I, I like the absurdist stuff, which is why I love like Tim Robinson, I think you should leave, and Eric Andre, stuff of like that ilk. And uh, he is like, I mean, there's that scene with like, the celery up his butt. And like, I mean, it's just, it is, uh, is really, really good. I could watch those movies over and over and over again. And the one we didn't mention, and it kind of has the hangover effect of you see in theaters the first time you're like wow and you kind of go along for the ride is super bad um to me when i first watched that i was like wow this is this is extraordinary this is like the best ever and then you watch it other times and it's still funny it's still good but i think some of like the ultra crude stuff the shock value is gone it's not as good doesn't hold up as well which is why i prefer the other three i said the, the thread i loved so much i from the other guys now i want to watch it again uh it was never not funny every time they went to the Mark Wahlberg incredulous at Will Ferrell having Eva Mendez. Like every time like his fucking head was going to explode because he was like this. And then he and then Will Ferrell's like, eh, you got to forgive the old battle axe here. Like it was every bit of it was fantastic. And he's like, how are you pulling this? The, the ex-wife scene when he goes to uh, Christina and they go to the house with, oh, man, uh, what's his name? The comic uh, Brett. I think it's like Brett something. And uh, he's like the bearded bald guy. And he likes yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that is that is, I think, arguably like one of the funniest scenes that stretch is like one of the funniest scenes in movie history. Um, all right. I think we've said it all except for Step Brothers. That's the other one that we didn't uh that we didn't mention there. That that's a pretty that's a pretty goddamn funny one there, spaghetti. And uh, also, I think um I keep using underrated after just uh decrying its use, but um uh not bore oh, I can't even think of the name of the the you know, the fashion designer. Bruno? Uh, Bruno. Yeah. No, Bruno Bruno's great. Bruno gets a little off the rails because they blend too much of the, like the the scripted scenes in that one. There was a better balance of that with Borat where they had to, you know, 
shoot some scripted stuff to make the story work remotely. But it was a little bit more of that, a little bit too much of that, in my opinion. But him asking moms if they can get their babies to lose uh to lose three or four pounds <laughs> infant babies like yeah we could do that yeah we we could do that like we're just too fat too fat can you lose a bit is his hysterical that real that actual moms are like yeah we can yeah we can work on that we can put her on a diet <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty goddamn good anyway this show is pretty goddamn good what else is new a lot of people hench uh in spaghetti if you didn't get the same uh, praise uh, i did um, a lot of people backslapping man uh minus three dynamite stuff since hench joined the show really hysterical oh. kevin hench uh eddie spaghetti everybody likes him as a person and and as a podcaster it seems that's another big takeaway of the weekend some people like spaghetti significant significant other even but more than they liked him but again we don't want to get into all that also a compliment by the way that's exactly right that's a compliment. I said that to Eddie Spaghetti this weekend. What's the opposite? When she actually does fuck them, less of a compliment. Right. But that's, we'll cross that bridge, you know? Like, okay. that's, that's exactly. No, no, no. It stays in Vegas. Stays in Vegas. Oh, it does. Oh, even that. You can't even. Oh, okay. I feel. That that's exactly right. I always say, you have two daughters, Hench. I, you know. I don't. Yeah, of course. That that old man joke of like that old dad joke. Like you're not going on a date until you're 35, young lady. Like when I open the door, I'm gonna have my shotgun. We'll see about this character who's coming to the door. Like yeah, I get it. You want to take care of your little girl who you still see as a as a small child and everything. But again, what's the opposite? I don't want to. I would I would cry if if my daughter comes to me and says like, "No one asked me to the prom. Will you take me, Dad?" I don't want I don't want that. I'll be crying the whole time for pity for for my little girl. No one no one would ask you to the prom. Let's find the middle. It's kind of like you were saying about uh, I think you should leave. Maybe everything doesn't have to be a sledgehammer, but also it doesn't have to be the you know somewhere in the middle. I think right. I think our girls are growing up in a good way in, in, uh, a generation where, uh, nice guys are getting a little bit better shake than they did when we were hmm. coming of age. Yeah. Well, in other words, you and I missed our turn. Um, although I don't know if you really count as a nice guy. Um, that's why it's good to have you on the show because what I come off as is I'm not a nice guy, but it's like you're nicer than that other guy. That's uh, so this works well for me. Um, <laughs> Coming in, talk about coming in hot. Hench's mic is open, and they're off to the races. Every minus three, and we will do it again for you next week. We'll be back after the sports weekend to break it all down for you. Until then, for the great Kevin Hench and the great Eddie Spaghetti, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>